Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln. 1,499 KLIN. Hey, friends, it's Monday, April 17th. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander. He's going to be back again with us tomorrow. And obviously punching the buttons and sliding all those knobs is our executive producer, Johnny Cadillac. Johnny, you got to get on your mic because I've got to know oh, I'm something. Ready. Oh, WWE know. SmackDown. Yes. One of your, I mean, that's one of your passions. It was in town over the weekend. How was it? It was great. I had a great time. It was, uh, was it I, all you imagined? I mean, I've been to a lot of wrestling shows, Doug, including a lot of WWE SmackDowns. Uh, they still find ways to have new feel for different things that still makes it fun each and every time. Well, and this was no exception. Coach Rule and the Husker football team was that, there. Front that was row. new. Like, even because there have been lots of WWE shows even in Lincoln, and I don't know if I've ever seen the Husker players being shown front row oh, and then on TV and everything then to go over and see coach rule there throwing the <laughs> throwing the bones yeah it was great that was awesome well i'm sure you'll probably have something to say on your podcast correct you oh, had a yeah. new episode come out today yep new episode came out and today and what was that about it was so just listen. it was just me this time it was wrestling talk i just wanted to share some appreciation for uh, some of my friends in junction city kansas and then uh, just i talked about the big things going on in wrestling and my take on it and Try to keep a positive spin throughout the whole episode. It was a lot of fun. All right. Caddy Chat, right? Check it out. Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. That's All right. All right. The weather is awesome outside. This is what spring's about, Johnny. It's 68 degrees outside. Uh, definitely a far cry from the weekend, but uh, get out there and enjoy it. All week long, it's going to be fairly fairly good. 60s, 70s. We might hit 80 and then maybe uh, 50s later on in the week. All right. Well, the general election in Lincoln is just two weeks away, believe it or not, on Tuesday, May 2nd. And um, more than ever, it's it's very important. Listen close to me, please. It's very important to be educated on the candidates so you can get out and vote and know exactly who you're voting for and not just leave a spot blank because you don't know who the candidate is. So we're going to take care of that today. Um, you know, we want you to get that vote out and get it done. We actually, I was listening to the newscast. Chase Porter was talking about uh, 35,000 um, ballots have been mailed out. They need to be back in by May 2nd so they can be counted. Here's the thing that's, uh, that I think is extremely important. In the primary, 670 votes didn't count because it came in late. All right, so you're going to get these in the mail. Um, you're going to get them in the mail over the next couple of days, fill them out, and take care of it so that we can make sure you can get your vote in. Today we've got two city council candidates uh, joining us, Dr. Elena Newman running for District 3 and Taylor Wyatt who's running for District 1. Taylor's going to join us in the second half of the show, but to start things off, we have Dr. Newman. If you've also got a question for her, you can contact the Rick Sign Recognition Hotline, text or call at 402-479-1400. Well, Dr. Newman, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. Yes, back again. <laughs> I know. Well, we had you on the first time back in December when you decided to run. Yes. And I believe in January, but, uh, So, just as you were starting out your campaign. Uh, it's good to have you back on the show. You've had a lot of things happen since then. For those who don't know who specifically who you are, why don't you share a little bit about your story and why you decided to run this round for city council? So a, a sum up, basically, I, I'm a, my family fled uh, the former USSR to come to the United States. And we came here in November of 1993 uh, in order to start a new life and filled with freedoms and opportunities that I wouldn't have otherwise had um, back home. And if you go back and listen 
to the previous times yes. that I was here, I spoke at length about that. And I also have my story on my website if you want to read it. It's very powerful. I, I would highly recommend that if you don't know her story, check it out. You can check out the podcast or her website. But um, that explains a lot of why you have this deep down passion uh, to make a difference in our in our community. So. Yeah, so I've I'm I've been in human service for a really long time. It's a it's a, a not a skill set, but a passion that's kind of been activated since I was a little girl. Uh, my aunt was a doctor and still is a doctor in the in Russia, and she um, she was kind of my role model, someone I looked up to, and I always thought I was going to be in healthcare. I am in healthcare, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. I kind of found found my little niche, um, but. I've always been in human service, so I've, I'm an educator, I'm a pharmacy tech, um, I've been in both of those since, you know, 2001, 2008, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have an editing business that's focused on student support and business support, uh, so I've, I've been in that supportive role for a very long time. All of my uh, volunteer efforts are geared towards helping others be a, the best version of themselves. And this is just an extension of that. And so I, I take my ability or my opportunities in the United States very seriously because I come from a country where there isn't much mm-hmm. as far as freedom goes. And I appreciate the ability to be able to vote. And that's why I think voting is so very important um, because we have a voice, whether we recognize it or not, we have a voice. And so that's our kind of our way to communicate with the leadership about what we want in addition to the city council meetings and all those kinds of things. But um, so I, I I value my opportunity to vote, and I, I also see it as an extension of serving this community. I've been in this community since 1993. In November, I will be celebrating the big 3-0. I've been in Lincoln, Nebraska for 30 wow. years of my 39-ish years of life. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's... You know, it's been, it, I've reached a lot of goals, a lot of milestones, and I want to help others do the same. So for city council, you provide an, an an option for people, both you're a woman and you're also an immigrant. Let's talk about that. Who, you know, is, do we have good representation of immigrants in our country or excuse me, in our city right now? So the, the, there is, um, I do, uh, represent the immigrant refugee population. So I myself am I'm a refugee. The, the biggest difference between a refugee and an immigrant is most immigrants come to the U.S. by choice. Um, and that's how, and then there are little nuances mm-hmm. here and there. But in general, most of your immigrants come to the United States by choice. Refugees, a lot of times, are fleeing. They flee persecution. They flee, um, their life is in danger. And so we didn't have a home. My family d- didn't have a country we could call home. And so when we came to the United States, the one thing that we wanted more than a house, more than anything else that we uh, could get here w- was our citizenship. Hmm. And citizenship is a protective uh, membership. And no one can tell you that you don't belong with a citizenship because you are kind of that's that's a protected mm-hmm. uh, you're protected in, in that sense, whereas. My, my life in Azerbaijan, my life in Russia, we really didn't have a citizenship. We just kind of, we were forced to go from one area to the next area. And so 
Uh, that was the that was kind of the the big goal. And then, of course, for my family and I, education was very important. Um, you know, getting yourself established was very important. Independence was very important. Uh, being as independent as as self sufficient as possible. So yeah, so I I represent the immigrant refugee community, which as of you know in in our city leadership, we don't have a lot of representation. And, um, and we have a large population. And we do have a large population. Yeah. And I'm part of the steering team for the Lincoln uh, Lancaster County Welcome Plan that has been kind of talked about and mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. um, kind of adopted. And we need someone on that city council that can represent that group of individuals. Not only that, um, that group of individuals can come and, and say their piece, so to speak, and feel like they have a a person that they can relate to who can understand them. Good point. Good point. It's 516. We're talking with Dr. Elena Newman, candidate for the District 3 City Council seat on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Let's talk about some issues here over the next several minutes. Um, you've been campaigning a lot. You're, you're, I mean, you're working your tail off. That's what I admire about what you're doing and your passion for what you're doing. Um, so you've been speaking to a lot of members within the community. What are the issues that you're finding as you're going door to door that people are really concerned about? There are a lot of them, um, but the biggest ones that I oftentimes hear about are safety. Uh, people are concerned about the budget and how the money is being spent. People are concerned about roads. Um, people are concerned about uh, the lack of officers that we have. People are concerned, specifically in my area, they're concerned about the roundabout project that's been talked about for the past 20 years. There is a plan, I guess, in place, but that plan has yet and it keeps changing, so but that plan hasn't started rolling out yet. There's nothing happening. Um, the mental health crisis, uh, people are concerned about that. Um, there's just a lot of things uh, that people are, are wanting answers to, and right now I don't have those answers. I mean, I have suggestions and ideas, um, and a lot of times people want to know, well, what is my plan? It's not my plan. It's my constituents' plan. And I want my constituents involved in how all of those things are going to get resolved. So I want them to be active participants in that process. So, yeah, so let's walk, let's walk through what is your leadership style then? I mean, that, I think that starts to touch upon it, but how would you lead if you're in the city council, especially as we look at, I mean, crime alone. I mean, we had another shooting last night or yesterday, um, three people injured and all that. We had the Haymarket shooting where they finally found the, um, the suspect where 50 rounds were shot out and businesses were just, you know, hit and, and cars were hit. Um, you know, as you look at these issues like that and roads and, and mental health and all that, how would you lead? So my biggest thing is conversation. I think we have to start there and we have to build a foundation from which we can then work, uh, work from there. Um, I want to have input. Uh, and so in my dissertation doctoral training, I was always taught you look at both sides, right? You bring everything to the table and then the group then discusses what's the appropriate, uh, action plan so it's not one or the other it's how can we you know how can we put our thoughts together to create the best plan possible for whatever the situation is and if it didn't work then we need to own it and say it didn't work 
instead of ignoring Mm -hmm. the questions. So when people ask, you know, why is this not happening? Why is this not happening? We have to be willing and ready to report and say, okay, this is what we found. And not, you know, not spinning it so it looks more positive than it really is or spinning it to look more negative than it is, Mm, but just reporting fact and taking all emotions out. And one of the things I always tell my students is even though your heart and your brain work together in your body, when it comes to emotions and when it comes to thought process, those two cannot exist together. Mm. You either have to put your emotions to the side and address something from a cognitive standpoint or you you act emotionally and are then not able to think through things. And so we have to have a balance there. So what is your, so as we look at these issues then and uh, your leadership style, what is your platform? What do you stand for? My biggest things, and this has been since the beginning, you know, since I ran three years ago or whenever last time I ran, uh, my, my, um, uh, the biggest, the most important thing is the Constitution to me, uh, whether it's the Constitution of the United States, whether it's the Constitution of the state, whether it's the Constitution of the city, whatever it is, we have to abide by the laws that are set forth mm. in our legal documents. If we do not like the law, we go through the legal means to change the law with participation with uh, uh with everyone's participation we don't get to curtail we don't get to make exe- you know exits and 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 changes without going through the formal process so um i'm all about looking at laws and if we don't like laws then we have to go through the process of addressing that um accountability part of that is accountability and and um transparency in all decisions if we make a mistake we own it uh, nobody's expecting perfection. Perfection is not attainable. Excellence, however, is attainable, and it should be a priority of every single person in a leadership position is excellence. Um, and so as far as accountability goes, I'm accountable to my constituents. I am in that position because I was voted in by the constituents. It wasn't anything fantastic that I necessarily did. Um, but it was the voice of the people that got me to that position. And then third is promote and aid small businesses because small businesses is how the economy grows. Um, Forbes did a study and there was, I mean, it, the amount of growth that's just, um, my phone is dead. Otherwise I look up the statistic, <laughs> but, um, the amount of growth, economic growth that is, uh, that is as a result of small businesses is astounding more so than the corporate counterparts. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And so we need to get we need to help people make that a reality. Many people want to own their business. They want to start their own business. They just don't know where to go. They don't know where to even begin. In the next uh, couple of minutes that we have left, what separates you from your opponent? My life experience. I don't think any I don't know that very many people I shouldn't say any, um, but I don't know very many people who can bring the diversity of thought kind of a, an outside-looking-in approach that I can bring uh, to the council. Um, I ask a lot of questions, and like I said, I like to look at both sides. Many people come into an issue uh, with their mind already made up. I don't. I don't know it all. I don't claim to know it all. I want help, and I want my constituents to be involved in that process. 
I think that's what sets me apart. My life experience, um, my educational attainment is also part of it. But I think what I bring to the table as a result of what I've lived through and how I was able to make it, um, that sets me apart. So how can people get in touch with you? You can visit my website, newmanforlincoln.com. My phone number's on there. My email's on there. Uh, you can email me, call me, um, any, basically any time. And as long as I'm not sleeping, I'll answer the phone and call you back. <laughs> well, that's Dr. Elena Newman, candidate for District 3 City Council seat. We're going to have you stick around because I've got another question for you right after this break. It's 524, okay. and we're uh, you're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on Lincoln's number one news and talk station, 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to the show. It's 528. I'm Doug Fitzgerald. I'm filling in for the Commander today. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, In the studio, we're talking city council today. Uh, Dr. Elena Newman, uh, candidate for District 3, is still here. I know we just have a minute or so, but I want you to talk. How important is it for people to get out and stink and vote? Please get out and vote. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I know y'all can't see me, but you know the if I could have the pom poms and the I, the the cheering section, it, it's so important. It's so important for you to to have your voice heard. If you want change, and if you like what you heard today, get out and vote. And we, don't just vote in the in the top race. Yes, yes. Make sure you vote all the way down. Okay, Um, we need to have voting happening for the mayor in each of the city council districts if you're in that respective district. So make sure you get down to the bottom, even the airport authority, keep going. And then the education part as well, just keep going. You have to finish, be sure you finish the entire ballot. And a lot of times why people don't vote is because they don't know the candidate. How can they get in touch with you and learn more about you? Yes, newmanforlincoln.com. Call me, text me, email me, send me a a, a smoke signal. I don't know, like Batman <laughs> sign, I don't know. Uh, Newman sign, whatever it is, um, I will respond. Okay. Good. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. It was good. Good luck. I wish you you the best. Um, You know, the general is coming up uh, just in two weeks, so it's time to take it uh, serious. All right. uh, Well, coming up next in the second half of the show, we'll have Taylor Wyatt in, candidate for District 1 City Council seat. And then on Wednesday, State Board of Education, Kirk Penner. Up next, we're going to check in with Fox News and then KLIN News. You are listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety-nine three KLIN. Well, thank you for joining us on your drive home today. It is five thirty-eight. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for Jack. He'll be back tomorrow. And Johnny sometimes just gonna have to slap me upside the head because we get have such a great conversation during the breaks. It's like, whoa, you're ready to go on. So uh, if you do have a text or call for guests today, you can um, call or text to Rick Stein Recognition Hotline four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. We're gonna continue. Continue talking about the upcoming general election in Lincoln here on May 2nd. I highly want to recommend, highly urge, get out there and
there and vote. Um, 35,000 ballots went out today if you did mail-in. Uh, get those in by May 2nd. As a matter of fact, 670 were late votes that didn't count in this last election, so your vote counts. We're going to talk more about that in just a little bit. The attack ads, obviously, as well, have been heating up, too. Um, Mayor Larry and Gaylor Baird's campaign has asked for the attack ads to be stopped uh, by saying, quote, buying elections with uh, CD ad tactics uh, full of lies may work in a national politics, but she would reject that our uh, that be our approach here in the city. She was referencing advertisements that claimed that she didn't even live in Lincoln, and it doesn't appear that anything's really changed. Candidate uh, Suzanne Geist did release a statement uh, following the election saying uh, Lincoln voters have spoken. It's clear that they are ready for change, and it is time for uh, Lincoln to move forward. I have uh, reached out to the mayor personally and their campaign they declined to come on the show but i do want mayor i just want you to know if you want to come on the show you're more than welcome to do so um let me know that i know we've had um former senator geist on the show as well and uh and stan parker too so uh that invitation is always open well in one of the closest races in the primary taylor wyatt uh, has made some solid headway leading into the general uh election running for district one uh city council seat taylor uh, has joined us in the studio before and he's back again so welcome back and uh thanks for coming in uh, this afternoon we appreciate that. Thanks for having me. It's glad to be here. Now, you have a long history with your family with officiating football. That's um, true. Let's talk a little bit about that, and then we'll jump into topics. But how about some fun? That's, that's what we were talking about during the break. Yeah, so my grandfather officiated. Um, I don't know all his stories. Unfortunately, he passed when I was pretty young. But my dad's been an official for a long time. When Coach Osborne and Coach Scholage were here, he was down at the university. Um, more stories that I've heard than I can go through now, but he's been officiating high school football for over 40 years. Wow. Um, after I got done coaching and teaching, he came over and had stripes for me and the whole get up and said, we need more officials. So I got into it, uh, got on a crew. Long story short, he had a retirement on his crew. And so we got to actually officiate together on the same crew last year, which <laughs> which was a lot of fun. And we get to do it uh, this upcoming fall. So where did you teach and, and coach? I was out at Waverly. Okay. Yeah. Yep, spent a lot of time out there, got a lot of great relationships out there. And you live right now in Northeast Lincoln? Correct. I've lived there the whole time, so I, I commuted out to Waverly when I was out there. Okay. And you've got a, a big tie. You're also a local business owner as well. I am. Yep. My wife and I are both realtors. Um so we're very active in that world. Well, let's uh, let's jump into this. We've got uh, you know, we think we have 12 to 15 minutes, but it goes by like that. Absolutely. So yeah. Why did you jump in the city council race? So I, I jumped in the race. You know, I have concerns. Um, my wife is originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we've got two young kids, six and three, um, and we've chosen to stay here because of uh, safety opportunity and affordability um, really the safety and the affordability lead into the opportunity um, that we've seen for our own family we, i see those things slipping away and i want those things to exist not just for ourselves but for our kids and and for other people yeah. in the community that want to get started because um, we're very happy with where we're at and we want it to be able to continue yeah we raised our kids here um, they're 25 and 23 now or 22 now i guess already and it goes by way too fast yeah. but um you know protection and public safety is so important it's important to me you know when the the shootings happens a couple weeks ago there were 50 rounds shot in the hay market the reason why they hit home to me we were that that weekend before we were downtown with our kids our kids are you know they do a lot of activity down there um you know bars restaurants um concerts all that kind of sports um they're down there all the time till late in the morning sometime and that's a direct impact on not only business but also protection for safety um we also had a shooting yesterday um yep. sunday morning uh three people were were injured in that so what is your stance on public safety and what would you bring to the table in regards to that 
Absolutely. Well, I'd want to work directly with the, the police department and members of the police department uh, to be able to bolster it. I mean, we, we're short at least 100 officers. I don't have the exact numbers, but I'd want to go to the professionals and say, hey, what do you need? And um, part of it is cultural. So they need support down there. And um, you talk to them privately. And I've been told directly that um, morale is not high. Mm. Um, so right now um, it is it's not going well. And I think the statistics prove, show that. Um, and the more that happens, the, the more it's going to give the green light to, to more of that activity and it needs to be squashed. Um, and I would go directly with them and say, hey, what, what do you need? We need clarity in the budget so that we can do that. We need to be able to provide um, housing and a good lifestyle for the officers that can come here um, to be able to provide that as well. So it's kind of an all-encompassing picture, but working with the professionals that are in that field and then boosting morale, you know, I've... I've had a lot of leadership opportunities mm -hmm. to put teams together and, and work with them and, and boost morale and, and get things done. Um, and going to them and working on that is vital. So what's your, let's talk about leadership then. What's your sure. leadership style? How would you lead in capacity if you were on the city council? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my leadership style is, is really a learning style. Um, it's something that um, I don't know everything. I'm not going to claim to know everything. Um, I like to listen to professionals and then, um, and people that have done it before, mm -hmm. whether it be in this community or another one, and then look at it from the lens of our community and figure out what works here. Um, you know, the airport, I think they should be complimented right. because they did a very similar thing here recently that I think is going to be very successful. But they looked at um, different things that had been done before and then figured out how it could fit to Lincoln. And I know I'm excited to take multiple of those flights yes but it's a very unique thing that they did <laughs> right that was good for this community and we've got to do the same type of thing with other leadership just emulate that yeah, yeah that's same. Yeah. all right let's talk about you were sharing before we came on you were sharing about uh, housing affordability which was very interesting um you talked about you know if you're going to go and try to update your home there's a lot of regulation that can actually jack up the price of just remodeling or anything i didn't know any of that um you talked specifically in the area of like district one with the havelock area and in that whole area how what is housing affordability and how does that impact us as citizens yeah when i talk housing affordability versus affordable housing affordable housing oftentimes gets um, pocketed with basically government subsidized housing mm -hmm. and that's not what i'm talking about i don't want people to be forced into a pigeonhole that that oftentimes can be mm -hmm. i'm talking about housing affordability, which is, hey, I want to buy this house and invest into this community by remodeling it, which a lot of older homes need. Well, uh, and that's and like a lot of entry level, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's you want homeowner pride and then you get equity out of that, too. It puts people in great standing. Mm -hmm. But when you get into it and you start to look at, OK, well, if I want to remodel this, that's going to put me at over 50 percent of the house. And now we have to get it up to uh, modern day code. And so that, what does that mean? <clears throat> well, if you think about it, codes continually improve and sometimes overburden to a level of being overburdened. Mm -hmm. You know, we build a lot of very safe houses, but um, sometimes we do go over the top, over the name of safety. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's things that are grandfathered in for a lot of houses currently that once you decide to do certain updates, you're going to have to update all that, too, which all of a sudden piles on to your improvement. Um, so there's red tape there that can be cut and trimmed sensibly to be able to provide opportunities to be able to reinvest into their homes and into their communities. And what's your experience with that then? 
Because you have experience to help with the red tape and making oh, some changes. So and... we've sat down with the city multiple times. I say we. I did political affairs with Home Builders Association. Okay. Um, got to meet with a lot of those builders, remodelers, and, and continue to do so and talk to them about some of the things that they face. And um, there's amendments that can be made in our city that similar ones have been made in communities like Omaha that help cut those costs and encourage investment into a variety of different areas in the community. So it's, again, working with professionals. Um, that do the work and say, hey, what makes sense here and what doesn't? What's the cost-benefit mm-hmm. analysis of each one of these things? Um, and we went to a, a lot of the current city administration and talked about those things, um, found support in some, not support in others. Um, but long story short, the reason we see the the increased costs here in Lincoln and goes from development to remodeling to you know, it, all down the line is a lot of overburdensome regulation that just makes it more expensive here. And what about new development? Because I'm assuming there's a lot of regulation same, that's holding some some growth back. Same thing. You know, I, I've seen developments that want people wanted to get done that the city uh, held up for months, even years over over a turn lane and who was going to pay for it. Hmm. And they want to put it directly back on the the developer every single time. Well, you know, when you do that to a developer, well, it costs money and they're going to pass that on. And that's where you see increased costs uh, because builders, developers and anybody that's listening there, you're not going to do the work for free. You, you know, you're going to want to make a profit and there's nothing wrong with that. So when you get these costs forced on you, mm-hmm. it's going to get passed on. And that's why you see the dri- uh, cost driven up. And what the city should be doing in my light or in my opinion is opening up their arms and saying, hey, how can we help you? And not not to a point that it undercuts um, what the city itself and the quality, um, but to a point that we say, hey, here, let's make a nice clear budget and figure out exactly where the money is going so that we don't have to penny pinch everybody that mm-hmm. wants to invest their money into Lincoln. Well, and also, you know, we've, we've got a we've got a housing limitation right now. I know my kids are even look at their housing options and where they're at and no new development and all that is we can't build it fast enough, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I hear all kinds of stories from people about how things are getting held up, both for, for supply chain, but also for regulation and all that. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, 549. We're talking with Taylor Wyatt, uh, candidate for District 1 City Council seat on 1499.3 KLIM. Taylor, why, you know, what separates you from your opponent? Well, I'd, I'd start by saying, hey, I, I want the job. Uh, you know, I, I uh, was running for this office four years ago. It was a very, very close race, just as it is now. One of the closest in the primary. Absolutely, so. yeah. Um, it's it's something that I'm here four years later asking for the same job. Um, my opponent, within two years of his term, was running for legislature. And um, after multiple times of being asked in the previous election what your intents are, and we both said, hey, to fill this seat for four years, God willing, um, and his immediately he he's done that. Um that's one difference is I'd say I want the job. History has shown that maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's looking for a higher office. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is all the things that we just said. There's votes that we can point to um, and say, hey, look, he didn't. He wasn't looking out for affordability and for the community here, 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 here. Um, so those things are going to be forefront of my mind. Um, and then me, I'm a, I'm a voice for Northeast Lincoln. Okay, so I, I want to listen to those folks. Um, and there's plenty of references that in, in his history where he's being told where to vote, whether that be uh, union support doing that and, mm. and telling him you need to vote here. 
and him listening to that as opposed to his constituents or or the current mayoral administration. There's examples that have been pointed out um, that said, hey, I was told I need to vote this way, and that's the way I voted, even though I agree with what your stance is. And that's and that is, again, on behalf of conversations we've had historically. So those are things that you won't get from me. Um, we're going to be listening. We're going to be, that's not my leadership style, as we talked about before. What, um, as you campaign, I'm assuming you've been talking to a lot of people yep. and going door to door and all that. What are things you're hearing for, from um, the citizens of the city um, that are important to them that you can make a difference in? Yep. It's largely where, where's our money going? Um, we have increased valuations, uh, which has increased taxes. Yes, it has. Um, we have the quarter cent sales tax. We have, um, we voted for the casinos. We, you know, I could keep going down the list. But we continue, we continue to have these levied costs with promised improvements, and everybody's saying, hey, we've given the city all this extra money to add to the budget, far and above what the budget they approved. Where's it going? Mm-hmm. And people don't have the answers. And that's what I mean when I say clarity of budget, because there's no reason when you set a budget and then you have this influx of money that you don't go back to the budget and do some math and adjust it accordingly. And then if you need, have higher needs, and you need to take it to your voters and explain what the higher needs are, mm-hmm. you need to show where the money's going as opposed to saying, we just have that need, just go ahead and approve it. Um, and the voters are going to start saying no. It's a lack of trust, and they've passed issue after issue, um, but it's getting closer and closer and closer each time that that's passed, and that's not a good way. Any relationship is going to struggle going forward right. with that level of trust. Uh, we're going to have you stick around after our break because I want to ask you about the tight race that you had and how important it is to get out and vote. Uh, if you want to, you know, uh, if you're listening today and you really want to support um, Taylor in, in this campaign, how can people get in touch with you so they can learn more about you, get involved with your campaign? You've got two weeks left, man. It's time yep. to, it's, it, you're sprinting. So. Two weeks, two weeks. Um, WyattForLincoln.com. That's Wyatt4FOR, Lincoln.com. Um, you can go on there. You can learn more about me. There is a spot you can send me an email, ask me any questions, um, and then there's a spot for donations. It's important as well. All right. We'll have you stick around. It's 5.53. We're going to take our final break before we wrap up the show. You're listening to uh, Lincoln's number one news and talk station, 1499 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. Well, at 557, it is currently 68 and sunny in Lincoln. Get out there, enjoy the weather. Drive time, Lincoln. Uh, I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander. We are speaking with District 1 City Council candidate, um, Taylor Wyatt. And, Taylor, we were just talking um, during the break about your officiating, but I really want to get back to your race was one of the closest. You were down by, what, 395 by the final count, I think? By the final Someone count, election. Tonight it was like 143 is what I have in my head, and then it, it went up a little bit as they counted some of the extra drop and then ones. And then we just learned, as reported on KLIN, that 670 votes didn't count because they came in late. How important is it for people to vote? Big time. And I, I, you know, even, <laughs> even at the get-go, the 143 that I said, I had about five couples um, that reached out and said, oh, man, I, we completely, you know, we got <laughs> really busy and forgot. It's like, well, there's 10 of them right there. So it takes five minutes to vote, everybody. Get out there and do it. Um, and then you have every right to complain from there. But if you don't do it, you don't have a right to complain. I know, I know. And people will complain. And like you said, they, they will go out there and vote. The other thing that um, Dr. Newman talked about, too, is downvoting. Yes. Like, 
make sure that you go through. And that's why I wanted you guys to come on today because you got to be informed about the decision. I know there's times that where I haven't voted in areas, maybe like with the, with judges and all that, because I just don't know the yeah. person. And I know a lot of people do that. And I try to reach out to my attorney friends to say, all right, who do we go? But it's the same thing for city councils, yep. you know, board of education, whatever. Don't just vote for mayor. Yep. Go down line. And, and I'm guilty too, particularly with the judge right. one is, is kind of hard one to, figure out kind of what to do but um and i've passed on some of those but there are everybody's trying very hard to make themselves accessible i'm going to say that across the board um so do a little research that takes a little more than the five minutes but it's worth a discussion if you're worried about your neighborhoods your home the future for your kids all those different types of things here in this community it's worth a little bit of time to look it up and ask the questions. Um, I can again speak to my website. You can reach out and ask things directly. We'd be glad to answer. I'd be glad to answer. Um, but do your do your research and, and vote all the way down. And what's your website? So people know. Wyattforlincoln.com. That's Wyatt, F-O-R, Lincoln.com. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we appreciate that. Sports Nightly is up next. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on KLIN.